When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, I mean, y'all know. You know what I'm saying? If this, po- if this podcast bombed, they'd be like, no more black podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Like... Welcome back to Watch Less, complex podcast about movies, TV, all that fun pop culture stuff. As always, it's Cal, deputy editor of Pop Culture at Complex. The homie Fraser Tharp, the summer man, is in the building. Yes, sir. Remotely. Um, the metaphor. Uh, happy early birthday. Man. Everybody in the, uh, the, the Complex Pop Instagram, anybody hearing this, spam up. Happy birthday, summer man, in the chat. Comments. How's it feel? Young and old. Young, young and old. <laughs> the only thirty-year-old to get carded at the movie theater still. So. <laughs> you got the no, no. I was gonna say something wild. Um, this week, this well, Angel, week, Angel already told me I'm Andy Milanakis. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That that that's a much cleaner way of saying what I was gonna say. Um, nah, but this week we've got a got a very special interview. Uh, the amazing Yasser Lester, star of uh, Black Monday, writer on everything from Black AF to Girls. What a, he's on Duncanville. He, he's, he's doing voice work, animation work these days. Out um, here. We, we we have a very interesting conversation with him. It actually gets a lot deeper and it goes in a lot of different ways than I thought it would be. But man, just shout out to Yasser, man. We could have gone ninety minutes. We 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 could have uh, again. We could have had some time we with him. Given and, and y'all again, a supersized episode. So actually, what we need y'all to do is yeah. blast this episode. So next time we know Facts. that y'all that y'all be here for for a jumbo episode. Yeah, that no, was and, on and the cards. And it, and it's and it's 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 a lot of realness. But again, we're gonna stick a pin in that because totally forgot that this week the Emmy nominations went down. Uh, twenty twenty Emmy nominations. Nothing too like insane news wise, right? Like I think some of the biggest stories out of there might just be the fact that when you look at how well streaming did in terms of nominations, Netflix, Quibi got ten nominations. Off you of, know uh, they off- you know they're just throwing bones. <laughs> <laughs> they're just throwing but, you know, bones Apple- out. Although to Apple- be fair, I mean it, we should say that. <laughs> No one knows what the Oscars are going to look like because yeah, of the way this year has gone. But as far as TV, TV hasn't yet been affected in a crazy way to a point. No, where it's like, you're right. You're. It's you're not right. like pre- slim pickings or participation trophies that we're seeing here. That's that's facts. Because but, but but remember, this is a mix. Because a lot of this stuff again, HBO did phenomenal. But what what are they getting nominations for? Succession, huge, eighteen nominations. Zendaya getting nominations for Euphoria, Watchmen, shouts out Regina King, 
um, and Jeremy Irons, Insecure, Issa Rae. Like, HBO's doing a lot, but it's a lot of stuff that we've already seen. There's not to say that there's not stuff that is relatively new that has gotten nominations, but a lot of this is what we're seeing is, is a lot of older things. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Oscar you know time is going to be a different is. situation. Yeah, the, the, the window is re- – I, I was talking to someone, and it's like, yeah – we're 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 talking about Zendaya. Remember, she owned last summer. So you know, exactly. just, just you you have to remember things like that. But also, like, shouts out to uh, you know Sterling K. Brown. He got a couple of nominations off of his work on uh, This Is Us. I mean, when, when are you coming on? I, I was I was see. I'm glad you said said it because I was going to say my man's you know hop on the pod. But uh, I, I will say also big up. Better Call Saul, the series, yes, got got a nomination for best drama and multiple writing awards. Recent Watch Less guest Giancarlo Esposito got a nomination, rightfully so. But we're not going to sit here and act like Rhea Seahorn wasn't snubbed. We not we're not going to act like she shouldn't have been one of the first names that was on that list. But should, but, I, should I say something controversial? P- no, please please do please do. I think, with all due respect, you could have given Rhea a slot if you opened it up, taking Killing Eve off. Mm. I am just going to ask mm. the question, mm. is Killing Eve still um, award-worthy? And I don't even have the answer because I couldn't even make it past the season three premiere. No, the great points had. I think Pete, we, there's a con- we, we should stick a pin in that conversation. There's a, there's a great conversation. To <laughs> Just be asking questions about, about Killing Eve. Let us know again at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you guys think. Is is, is Killing Eve worth? <laughs> does it need another season? Like what? Are, what are we doing? Let us know. I'll tell you um, what isn't award worthy. Okay, but I'm not surprised. Okay, the morning show. Now that you know, I can't speak to Killing Eve. Uh, legit because I didn't watch all of it so I'm going to reserve my opinion I did sit through all of the morning show it was an amazing train wreck but come on and certain things you know the Emmys and all award shows are always going to be blinded by star power Mm -hmm. Jennifer Aniston's return to TV is not going to not get her another Emmy nomination and Mm -hmm. she deserved it the most out of everyone I think she kind of went off you know, I mean, at a certain point, you don't separate Jennifer Aniston from being Jennifer Aniston. But the crazy thing about the show is that she's kind of playing a fictionalized version of herself anyway. Word. And if you read into that, it's a really good performance. Steve Carell, for whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> that was one of the ones I hit you immediately. Like, how? That, you know, no, bro. I mean, shout out to the, the, the god, but... Uh, he's had a space to His fill. little Matt Lauer thing in there. He was He's like in... 30 seconds an episode sometimes. I don't know. I don't waste. But, but you know, I, th- I think the question of even, because uh, there's always a contingent about, well, who gives a fuck about the Emmys anyway? And th- those are valid points. Again, one, one of the biggest things, one, one of the best things to see in these Emmy nominations is the fact that HBO is getting so much love. Frazier, I know you, you've been adamant, no matter what we talk about, make sure that uh, that succession love gets its proper... proper listen, uh... <laughs> listen, we don't have an affiliated party here, Mm-mm. but if we had a flagship show... Yeah. For this podcast and us as a vertical. Yeah. Succession is up there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, it's been beautiful to watch the hive bloom. Succession hive is fully activated. And, Perhaps. you know, they got some love in season one, but season two is when they really leveled up. And the good thing is that I don't think it was ever a question that they weren't going to get some love, but it's still very dope to see the fucking God, Jeremy Strong, yeah. clinch that nomination, going up against Brian Cox. That's amazing. The show has 18 nominations in total. Um, the season finale got a writing nomination. Like, I think Damn. it's their board to lose. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it seems like that would be the critic favorite as well as the award season favorite. Again, a, a lot of the award season praise started with the finale for Succession Season 1. Yes. That's when, uh, when, when a, a lot of those awards started coming in off that episode in particular. And I think, like you were saying, that episode is what kind of elevated the show to the level that Season 2 was on. And, and not only stayed on, but ended up rising. Hell yeah. Um, you know, the, th- throughout the season, the, the various questions about where in the season, what like the, the the true like best three or four episode run was in that middle. But I think it's it's fair to say the middle of season two is some of the best TV we'd seen that year. Just fully um, in their bag, and you know, I mean, Netflix did score more nominations, which is crazy considering the quality. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you love Ozark. They have the quantity, but the quality from Netflix to HBO is still there's a, still a wide gulf, if you ask sure. me. But um, you know, I think HBO people, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep hammering this because last year, and this is regardless of whether you like the finale or not, there was so much dancing on HBO's grave that Game mm-hmm. of Thrones was ending. And yep. What yep. are they gonna have? Who's gonna talk about HBO? Should I still keep paying for HBO and like? Because we had those conversations in the chat. We would say, "Oh, people are really talking like this," but then you would see you because I think it was it was Game of Thrones was ending, but Euphoria then started popping off, and once it got to like episode three or four, Euphoria, Euphoria it was a wrap. And it was it was Euphoria, it was Succession, it was Watchmen. Like they had such an amazing run, especially. In the the latter half of 2019, it's you 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 can't you're not even thinking about Game of Thrones. Like people are hyped for the prequel, but that's a year that's years away, and there's more shit that HBO's doing. Honestly, uh, I'm reading our complex pop comments quite often. Um, not too many people are hyped for that thing. That finale left that much of a sour taste. I'm I'm I stand corrected, and I'm glad that I was. But regardless, like I mean Zendaya, that's no small feat, man. I mean she did. (sighs) She, impeccable I, I was, shit in Euphoria season one, and honestly, I think Euphoria could have gotten more nominations too. To I, I was, I was, I was gonna say, like how do you, I don't think Euphoria got any directing nominations, did it? No, there, there should, there should be at least. I, I would need to peer into like cinematography or things like that. There's certain, there's certain aspects about that show that should not be snubbed, and I think Zendaya, while amazing, and she, did, the streets knew Zendaya deserved that nomination. I'm glad that. The, the Emmys gave it to her, but the Emmys also knows that they were okay. in their bag in a number of different elements. Yeah, it got costumes, makeup, music, um, music supervision, which, you know, they had some great so I think we did an interview with their music supervisor. Actually, we had, we had an interview with the supervisor uh, as well I, as a running a running list of songs How as do well, you so not give that any kind of directing or cinematography awards? Like, that, to me, is the standout of the show. Like, the way it looks is crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the, the I mean the, the music on the show and the especially like the eye makeup on the show are so iconic at this point um, that those are almost it, like if they're giving those awards based off of just virality, Euphoria should have those those awards already in the bag. But right. the, again, there are other elements of that show that that deserve that distinction as well. But I mean, you know, you know I can talk about how much HBO is killing it for another hour, but we got to get to this interview. Yeah, yeah, I think we we should take a quick break. Shouts out to the people who are out there really listening. After this break, we'll get into this amazing interview with the homie Yasser Lester. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yasser came out crazy icy today. I was going to, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. chill, 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 chill. Like, nice. like, his, like his ice, chill for a bit. This week, we've got an interesting guest on Watch Less, someone who might not be like the biggest name yet to a lot of people, but I think it's someone that, you know, for people like us who are paying attention to who's writing episodes or, you know, connecting dots on people who worked on different shows and are showing up on different shows, Yasha's a person that we've been, you know, paying attention to. Most recently, if you if you watch Fox's animated, you know, block, you're, you're seeing Duncanville. You know, yes, is a part of that. But, you know, he's also, you know, if you hop over to Showtime Sunday nights, especially during during this quarantine, you know, season two of uh, Black Monday was popping. But I mean, he's also he's worked on Girls. He's worked on Gerard Carmichael's shows. I mean, we, we there's a lot that we can get into with this man here. So, uh, Yasser Lester, thank you for joining the Watch Less podcast. Oh, Welcome, bro. A dream. Is it really? Yes, I, we had, I didn't know we were at Dream Level. I was going to say, yeah. I appreciate that. I, no, I love that. I, you know, look, there's not, there's not a lot out there in terms of a black, uh, what I say, like black entertainment critique and or analysis in general, or just you know discussions to be had from you know peers, writers, whoever. Uh, so whenever I get the opportunity outside of like having to seek them for yourself you know yeah, what i mean yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's uh it's always nice to there's a shorthand that 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 we have that i you know like that i don't think we'll have to like you know get into the, like the nuance of like i grew up in this neighborhood you know like it's just like <laughs> well, i don't want to do this <laughs> i i I, well, I think that that brings up a good point and i you know i'm i'm you know how usually you do things and you have like a set order. I'm totally obliterating it because I forgot to mention that you also work on Black AF, a show that we dug, yes. you know, immensely. Yeah. But you, when you speak specifically about, you know, black journalists and black criticism, I wonder, were you a part of the ep- the episode in Black AF that specifically spoke about how, you know, the question of, you know, supporting black art as well as being critical of black art. How, right. you know, how much did you work on? Can you talk a little bit more about? Well, you know, yeah, that it's a, it's, it's a bummer. I truly think so. I, 
I, my contract at Black Monday had gotten renewed while I was at Black AF. So I had to leave Black AF a few weeks early. And I really think that would have been the episode I was going to write because oh. that entire episode was truly was just a discussion between me and Kenya, like arguing, <laughs> Kenya Barris, arguing yeah. against everyone in the room. Like, yeah. because I went like deep end, like, I was like, I don't even think black people should uh, push themselves. I don't think we should try for Oscar nominations or Grammy nominations. These are all like systems set up for us to fail. So like, Mm -hmm. even when we succeed in them, it doesn't mean the same thing because we're being judged on like a set of parameters that have nothing to do with us. You know what I'm saying? So like, while it's nice, the recognition is nice. Like I was like, we need like an alternative Oscars. Kenya was like, yeah. And so like me and him are like screaming at people. But then me and him started going a little bit back and forth on like, what does it mean to be like critical versus just like hating on things? And mm-hmm. like, you know, then we were like, we had a whole discussion about like the things that like, you're just like, I wish I could say this in public. I wish I could say this thing sucks in public, yeah. but I also know that white people look at me and listen to me. And then it like weirdly, and the thing that sucks is, is, like, to an extent, you want them to be able to say it, too. Like, it, yeah. it, the, the true playing field, the level playing field is that everyone oh, thinks man. this thing sucks or doesn't. Or that you can critically analyze yes. any of these things with the same level of integrity. But the problem is that that doesn't happen. And also, the moment you do that... I mean, y'all know. You know what I'm saying? If this if this podcast bombed, they would be like, no more black podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Like, they would never. They would. Well, you brought up you brought up but you brought up one at one point that it's is always at the forefront of my mind when uh, a new piece of black art emerges, which is so true that white critics at this point, as like a reaction to being like woke and representation stuff, they will treat it with like kid gloves almost or like mm. oven mitts and right. not really dissect it the way they would you know uh, a, a, a pilot that was a madman ripoff or yeah. something. absolutely and that's that's the issue to me because like <clears throat> we are we're put in a worse position because of that you know yeah. what i'm saying because weirdly if like white america was like i didn't like x thing or white critic was like i didn't like x thing and not not that we need, we don't need their validation clearly we don't need their permission to speak but at least again it would give us the sense that like okay like they're not treating us like you said you know like some seventh grader in like uh you know an inner city after school like filmmaking program that's how they talk yeah. about every single thing we make even when they don't like when they, especially when they don't like it you can tell it's like they find weird things to compliment you know like oh the gaffing on this movie and you're like the gaffing what do, i don't know what that means yeah you know what i'm saying like so it puts us in a position to be like because we know we can we can't go after it because then we look, you know, just as bad Yeah. or that yeah. we look like, you know, like it's, you know what it is to me? It's weirdly. And though the, the conversation hasn't elevated this, pa- this, this far yet, no, take is it that there, it's take weirdly it culturally to me. It's the, it's the artistic equivalent of like black, the, the black on black crime argument a little mm. bit where it's like, we because 
because if we talk about it, it looks like this weird cannibalizing of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And then it gives them carte blanche to be like, well, you said that. And it's just like, I don't care what I said. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. this is this is a thing about us. Like, and we don't like it collectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we can't say that because we know X person, the person, you know, the people who have the money right now yeah. are going to be like, well, they don't like it. So we shouldn't do anything yeah, and you're it's, like it's, that's not what it, we're talking about it's it's you know it's it, i i think it, i'm glad you're saying it because it's, it's a conversation i know that myself and phrase and a couple of people that you know we are a, a lot of our peers we will have the there's always the the text conversation and out of the text conversation comes you know essentially how you formulate your opinion to the outside world right, um, right. It, you know i i remember queen and slim it caught flack from critics but then the, the conversation about black critics reviewing the film was much louder than like any real conversation about the film, right. you know, flaws and all. And I mean, again, again, there's there's positives and negative negatives that come out of the film, but the argument should or the conversation shouldn't be the way you promote the film or choose not to promote the film it shouldn't that should have nothing no bearing on you know what exactly the piece of art is right yeah no absolutely well because then the argument or the critiques become critiques of the critiques like you know what i mean like it's it's so far removed because like and uh, you know like uh i actually haven't even seen queen and slim yet but I remember one of the things that like drove me crazy about it is that in in the previews or you know one of the TV trailers there was a pull quote or a blurb or whatever and and it was this is the blackest movie I've ever seen and I was like that is genuinely impossible <laughs> if you unless you've never seen a movie <laughs> like and I, I again like I haven't seen Quentin Slim so it's not actually hate on it yeah. but I was like I, the best man is probably the blackest. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you yeah. know, there's, there's so caught up is, you know what I mean? Like there's, I can, I can literally, who brought the potato salad? Like there's so many, <laughs> there's so many movies, but like, again, it's this like, oh man, it's a bummer because like, it's just like where we, we've caught ourselves. We haven't, we haven't even done it to each other, which is the bummer. It's just that we ended up in a situation in which now we're kind of like, all right, well, let's just kind of like grin and bear it so we can push as many things through as possible. But the problem is, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. who am I, but just an idiot. But because of that, because we're just pushing things through because we're staying silent and there actually isn't any sort of what do I say? Uh, and this is the thing kind of me and Kenya were talking about because there's no cultural vetting. There's mm-hmm. no vetting from us directly. The 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 people in power, like the white folks in power who like, you know, are like, we're going to let one of them in because they let them in. They're just like, we'll just do five things with that person versus let's do five different things with five different people creating uh, a poly uh, a polytheetic whatever the uh or polythetic what's the antithesis of monolithic uh, yeah, i don't know that yeah me it's, either it's anyway definitely a poly something yeah Multi- right. multi-lithic. So, like, <laughs> yeah we'll say multi-lithic that sounds great uh so instead of uh, we just end up getting caught in the same monolithic cultural sphere of like 
what what is black what is this you know what i'm saying that's why it's like and you know like i i hate to be like this but like it's it's why you know there's a slave movie every one or two years or but then there's there's the traditional one then there's the heroic slave movie then there's the quote-unquote black love movie then there's the quote-unquote like uh reminiscing about black childhood movie you know what i'm saying and then there's and then there's like uh weird black cop movie like you know what i'm saying where like where it's like either it's either a dirty black cop or a dude a black dude who got out of prison who's now like becoming a weird like anti-hero cop uh so yeah so i i like and because of that it's like dog we're missing things like you know, like I'm gonna get you, sucker, and even like yeah. you know, like scary movie, and mm-hmm. even like I mean, like I-, I will say, like Jordan Peele has at least created a genre of which, like, because like one of my favorite movies of all time is Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Like I truly, like I worship it. I watch it once a year. I like love you that. know, yeah, yeah, um, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But that was until Jordan Peele did like Get Out and Us and all these things, like. The idea of like black horror yeah. had, had kind of disappeared. Like I'm not saying yeah. it was, but it disappeared from the mainstream. No, because like Tales from the Hood, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. That like, granted, it kind of tanked at the box office, but yeah. like it was still a Spike Lee produced mm-hmm. film, like yeah. released by like New Line or Dimension or whatever. So again, we're missing so much of the uh, the the spectrum of like black experience and like not just black experience but black creativity dude yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. so stifled the you know? range of it yeah. yes and it's just like hey it's like you know if you two wanted to do a movie they're like okay well you're black and you wear glasses so it's gonna be about a black kid at a white college and you're like what like <laughs> that's it yeah no and yeah, I, I, I like well because I, I think that, that and that's the, the key you mentioned peel that's the key that's why we need a get out to 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 right. do so well. So, but I, I think the problem is because when I when I think about black horror, it's like there's Get Out. I feel like there's a couple. That I remember Death by Temptation, which was like a really yeah. early <laughs> '90s, like like Dwayne Wade, Kadeem Hardison was in it, but it was really yeah. early in his career. But I, I I'm just trying to think. It's like even Candyman. Candyman's like one of the few like true black horror figures, but yeah, that yeah. was it wasn't a true it wasn't a black film like. Get Out was a black film. Or right, right. exactly. Film. So it's, you know, right. there's only so many opportunities for black creatives to really tell different stories. And, and both of those films, it, those weren't, you know, major, you know, they weren't, the, the budgets weren't there. They had to do it on very tiny budgets. It's right. almost a surprise that some, it's a surprise that Get Out did as well, but it's a surprise that some of these films even get made to, to where, right. they, because they're so different, but they're coming from a black voice. I think it's a, it's it's one of those things that a couple of years ago when like Creed two came out and I, I remember talking to um, John David Washington about uh, yeah. Black Klansman and it was him and a couple there were a couple conversations I was having and the one thing they stressed was like it's it's you know people were talking like Black Panthers a black Renaissance on film and on TV and things like that it's like that's cool but it's a Renaissance in like the fact that it's maybe black faces or like one black person being the spearhead. You need the, you need a black gaffer. You know what I'm saying? You need, right, you know, yeah, the yeah. black key grips. You need the true, uh, just like true representation. Just, just true normalcy would be the ability to have like the, the quote unquote blackest film of all time hit 
and be able to be criticized, you know, on its merit right. without everything else. Just like seeing, you know, black faces and brown faces and Asian Asian people and everything working on a lot of these projects, not just projects right. for their particular uh, uh, background or, or, or what have you, but, you know, things that everybody are going to be consuming. And I think it's it's we're a, we're a while from that. But I think the conversations that, are, you know, even started this conversation are truly important um, if we want to get to that next level of what you know creativity could be in hollywood right. you know and throughout so yeah it's interesting too because some of the things you named like uh i'm gonna get you sucker and, and scary movie just that range one thing cal and i always talk about is that in a way it almost makes it seem like the 90s and a little bit of those early aughts were more creative and bountiful than this uh you know so-called renaissance that we're going through right now because of those reasons that you lifted where it's like we're getting stifled almost well, I, I think, and I, I actually don't have, because it's something I think about a lot. Because I'm like, you look at TV back then, right? You look at film back then. It's like Fox and NBC were like black channels. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like Living Single and all that? Living mm-hmm. Single, Martin, Fresh Prince, Girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, Girlfriends was on what? Uh, the, WB. Not the WB. Yeah. Was it the WB? And then became CW, yes, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. uh but like I mean, and the list goes on and on, and it was on UPN. Was there you UPN. go, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but I mean, like, and those are just the big sitcoms we're yeah, talking right. about. You know what I'm saying? There was, and there was, a, I mean, in Living Color, like mm-hmm. I, I mean, there it, the list truly goes on and on and on, right? And these were not just like money makers; they were behemoths yeah. for these networks. You know, our Arsenio Hall show, like I mean, like mm-hmm. you. And then, I mean, granted, in, Li- uh, in Living Color comes from the mind of Keenan Ivory Wayans, who had done I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, mm-hmm. which, you know, became a cult hit. So, of course, they're going to, you know. Yeah. But he comes from the Robert Townsend camp. Mm-hmm. You know what yep. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, Robert Townsend comes from, like, the, uh, uh, what's his name? Like, uh, not Mario Van Peebles. Uh, what's his dad's name? Melvin. Uh, Melvin Van, Van Peebles. Yeah, yeah, Melvin Van Peebles. Yeah. Like, all these, like, rebel, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, like. Black independent cinema thrived, and then that became the wave that got us to TV and film, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, up until Black Panther, the most successful film by a black director of all time was Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe Scary Movie 2, if I'm remembering correctly. But the the thing that I can't figure out, and I bring all this up to you, is that, like, like Living Single ran for, like, seven seasons, Mm -hmm. Fresh Prince, six or seven, Martin, five or six. Like, all these shows went for a while. Girlfriends, even, like, The Game, like, which moved to BET, but, like, you know. um, So you have to look and you go, so it wasn't money. There was an actual, like, and this is where I become, like, you know, the hotep a little bit. I'm like, (laughs) like, crack in the neighborhood, there was a, there was an absolute systematic decision and dismantling of like black entertainment Mm -hmm. yeah why you know like why did it happen because though though our uh though black wealth has decreased over time we spend the same amount of money on entertainment you know what i'm saying like and truthfully i bet 
I'd be willing to bet proportionally black people spend more on it yeah. because we have less access to things. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like black people can't go to dinner every night and all this stuff, but it's like you can take your family to the movie mm-hmm. to the movies once a week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like there is like that's where I I get caught up in it most because I'm just like, okay, this wasn't it wasn't just like black people stop going to the movies or black people stop watching TV. Mm. It was like, this was an actual choice. So it's like, as much as like, I get frustrated of like us, you know, being like, there's only like five things on TV for us or whatever, you know, then you kind of get nervous because you're like, well, it seems like they just wiped it all out before. So it's like, should I just be grateful? But it's like, no, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want ever to be just grateful or just happy to be here. Mm -hmm. I just don't, ever want that you know so it's like i think you know like and people love atlanta and like it's it's so and i'm i'm from marietta and it's like it's so weird and so interesting and like it really is like oh wow like that is so different than like an insecure you know what i mean and like i rock with insecure i think truly that it is of the past like five or six years the the show that most exponentially shows growth between season to season like it mm. just every single time i'm just like dang like they really they stepped it up they really know how to like it's like you know that meme of the woman carrying the purse walking from like 2018 to 2019 to 2020 on the steps yeah. that's how i feel about insecure like it's just like <laughs> it's just like such big leaps uh yeah, yeah. but but i say all that to say that like and i i know i kind of circumvented the original point that y'all were making yeah, but funny. like uh the the point being like you know we had all this like heat you know in the late 80s early 90s and then up until the early 2000s and then it just like bam shut down and i also think that like you know the white liberalism of it all had obama in office and so much of obama being in office really destroyed black america mm-hmm. in terms of growth in terms of advancement in terms of what we should ask for and what we think we should ask for and what they quote unquote will allow us to have yeah um and i say that because you look at those years just on economics on housing on everything almost everything for black people goes low and it's because again the white there's just as much as there's like you know the white conservatives in power there are the white liberals in power who are like well you guys have your president you know so we kind of became everything else we wanted kind of went to the back burner yeah because it's, like, it's like you, you guys are good now yeah you guys are good and like it's it sadly obama in a very good way but also in a very bad way became everyone's homie yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah. so like we don't need to give cal and fraser a show like we have <laughs> Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. what else do you need? Like, what else do you yeah. need? Yeah, <laughs> like, all right, well, I, you know, I still need to live. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like. Well, I guess, I guess, you know, thinking about all this stuff, you know, I mean, that's a lot to unpack, but I mean, I guess, <laughs> well, no, but, 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 you know, it, 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 it's, it's a good point because weighing all this, you, you worked on, you know, Carmichael's show at NBC, right. like, you know, what was yeah. the thought process between you and Gerard and the people, in, you know, entering a, a, sit, a sitcom unlike you know other things we've seen especially from you know black folks on television but with you know a the way Gerard sees the world and b you know the the, the things you were trying to accomplish with the show was that what was it like can you unpack what that was like getting into that particular position working on Carmichael's uh, show 
Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, I'll inform it with other things real mm. quick, just uh, just uh, kind of color it a little bit yeah. more. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my first television writing job ever was there was uh, there's the movie Black Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my and again, that's what I'm saying. Like a standout film in terms of like what is being made and being produced and what people want out or not want out there, what the powers that be like leak out there. Mm -hmm. But Michael Jai White was just like, I'm just going to do this thing independently. And it blows up. It's, and it's one of the funniest movies of all time. Mm -hmm. And to me, um, so the first job I ever had was I was a writer on black dynamite, the cartoon Mm -hmm. for adult swim. Mm -hmm. And I've found in a good way, and like sometimes in a bad way, it's the it's the you know, it's the critique argument we were just having a little bit ago. Like Black Dynamite, they got like notes, but not really. But also they didn't need them because Carl Jones, who like helped run the Boondocks and, yeah. and all this stuff, now is you know, I mean he's like one of he's the he's dude in animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, was the showrunner of that. So it's just like he's. So you kind of just leave him be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it did teach me. That was, you know, because that was my first room and everyone was black minus one white dude, oh, wow. you know. And so, like, that was, I, again, like, my job, my only other job in TV before that was I was a writer's uh, production assistant on Workaholics okay. on Comedy Central. And that's just because, like, Blake and Adam and Anders and Kyle are my homies. Like, I've just known them in comedy since I've been in L.A. Right. So... I went from that being an assistant to then being a writer on this like all black show. You know what I'm saying? And like it really informed the way I think about the rest of my career because like I was just like, oh, I don't have to not not listen to people. But like at the same time, like carrying, you know, like a black attitude in Hollywood takes you a lot further and like (laughs) carrying you know like you know i don't want to sound like you know like the twitter cornball who's like oh your blackness strife and the struggle but like you know like i just you know at some point we're like we got it but also like you went to private school shut up Uh, um but i say all that to say that like that like seeing carl jones work and just be like you know like just a nigga with dreads and like Hugh Moore and Ian Edwards and Ronnie Brown. And, you know, just like all these people, uh, uh, Ricky Smith. But I say all that to say that, like, that was my first experience. And I was kind of just like, Oh, like you kind of can, if you just are like, I'm not going to do that. You don't, you know, like you may lose your, you, you may, may not, you, may not let you show run a show again yeah. but carl was still making the things that he wanted to make and mm-hmm. that he really guided us and because he was making the things that he wanted to make the show came out phenomenally mm-hmm. now cut to gerard me and rod have been homies at that point already for like six or seven years we essentially he he started he moved to la a year after i started stand up and he just like he just showed up like a bomb like truly it was just like who is this dude from north carolina wearing yeah. like harvard sweatshirts who like clearly didn't go to college but it's so funny yeah. you know like so i finished girls and he was just like yo come to carmichael's like, all right and he had that carl jones attitude like i'll also say that gerard has very much like he is 
he's a product of his mother and his father and his brother and sister being raised in North Carolina. Like he is like, I like, I've never seen someone like have the network be like, Hey, we need you to do this, this, and this. And Gerard would like, we would be like a note session and he would look at me and start laughing. He's like, we're not going to do that. Can you believe they said that? Like to me while they're next to us. And I'm like, all right, man, like, I don't have my own show. Like, I can't be, like, I get it, and, like, I'm laughing, but also, like, I'm not a socio to an extent. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but I will say that, like, he knows, and that's the one thing that I also learn. It's interesting learning that from a peer as well, you know? It's different when it's, like, a boss boss, and Gerard was my boss, so I'm not saying that. But he's younger than me. So it's like when you see someone your age also doing it, you know, you're like, oh, that's how it's fine when you're like in it and you're just working and writing and trying to make something. Mm -hmm. But like when you are the boss, you cannot you cannot be you cannot hang your head low or, you know, I know a lot of people like put your head down and work through it. But like it's actually the opposite. You got to lift your head up high, chest out and like barrel through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like. When I when you ask questions about like the NBC of it all and blah blah blah, like Gerard for better or for worse, a lot of times it's just like that's not the show we're doing, you know. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And, like, it's... It's weird because it's it, it is a personal story to him. You know what I'm saying? That is his family. So you're always gonna take care of it as is. But I will say also, Gerard never, in a very good way, cared about the culture of what was happening. He just wanted to tell the stories of the things that interested him. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like, you know, if we were talking about protesting, it's because like. Rod wanted to talk about protesting because something that happened yeah, to him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't, and I love this because I truly, uh, you know, we're very similar this way. It's like, he he can't be, like, woked into, you know, making things or conversations or whatever. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's just yeah. like, this is the thing that's interesting. And, I, again, that speaks to the the uh, multi-theistic yeah. uh, or multi-lithic sorry multi-lithic. the multi-lithic uh, system of how we need to be making things you know because like truth be told like it's like it's like why do we watch so many black things where it's like a scene takes place in church like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's just like you know and this is like one of the things like that we did on Carmichael's show where he's kind of just like I don't know about God you know what yeah, I'm saying like yeah. is there like I believe in God, but there are black people out there like they're just like I don't care, you know what I'm saying? That, and like you don't get to hear that though, and I think that was the beauty. Like, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. It's, I, and, I mean, and again, I think it probably helped that I was already you know a fan of his stand up, so I knew yeah. where he would because he he'll he you could tell how his brain works because he he looks at everything and he right wrong and different. He's making a choice based off of how he 
you know, saw the whole. I'm, I'm going to assume Gerard Carmichael is pretty good at chess. If he's not playing chess, he probably should be. But uh, right. th- there were, there's a, in certain episodes, the way situations would play out, especially on a like a quote unquote black sitcom, they wouldn't yeah. play like that at all. There were diff- there were turns where Gerard would go left and they would go right. And I think, um, right. you know, being able to see things like that or, you know, see things like black AF where, uh, you know, I mean, I know, and, and that's one of the, 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 the we'll, we'll talk about, you know, some of the, the critique of the show. So I think, you know, yeah. this, it was, that, that was a show that really, uh, you know, got, got oh, hit yeah. on the timeline. Yeah. But, you know, I think even if, you know, for, if for, even for someone who says, Oh, we've seen this from Kenya before, I think, you know, for all intents and purposes, even what we see on blackish, is not the, I don't want to say outlandish spectacle because I'm pretty sure that's close to how Kenya's house and, you know, situation really is. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw black people balling like that before on TV. Right. Um, and I right. think we need things like that um, in order to really, you know, really see the full scope of where black folk have come. You know, we've seen, you know, you right. mentioned the slave films. I've, I've seen enough of, you know, films in the hood, especially if you're not giving me a new story. Let's see, right. you know, the 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 life after death of things you know when when people really get to get that lump sum of money or you know get have that check coming in and continue to uh to flourish right. um but you know in, in in mentioning the critiques i guess going back how how did you feel with so i think you know we talked to kenya november and we talked a, uh-huh. a little bit about the show but i think it was a bit before people even heard the name let alone saw like the first images um right, right. I know how we felt because, and, and we kind of understand again because we've spoken to Kenya and we followed the stuff. But you know, as someone on the inside, can what was your? When did you see you know some of the 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 the, the clapbacks on Twitter or what have you? And how did you react to well, it? Dog, I, I just gotta say, dog, it's it's so weird mm-hmm. to me personally because a and uh, you know. If people listen to this and have something to say, please tweet at me. I really do not care. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, what's the smoke? But okay. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean it sincerely because here we are. We are screaming about equality and representation and all that stuff. Like, and then here comes a show that is in my heart of hearts. Like, because I, I because I had to bounce early. I never got to see a cutter. I'm in an episode, and that was all I had seen oh, wow. is. Okay the scenes that I'm in, right? Uh-huh. That's only because I was there you filming, there. but like I didn't see anything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I say all that to say, I saw reviews of it coming out first. And like some were like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then some were like so just heated and like mm-hmm. vitriolic or vitriolic, however you say mm-hmm. it. Then like I saw people being like, how can you call it black AF and all his kids are white. And I was like, what? And, and Rashida. Like, what are, and Rashida. And I'm like, and this is where, and you know, this is the part that I'll probably get in trouble for, but again, whatever. Uh, it is so crazy to me that these are the arguments. And this is why the internet is a bad place. And it's an echo chamber of essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you delete Twitter, none of it means anything, <laughs> but <laughs> Here's the conversations that everyone's having, right? Now, A, you could say, which I took it as, because the original title of the show is Black Excellence. Yes, yeah. When we were talking to him last November, it was that, still that title. That yeah. was the title yes. at the time. And I think had it stayed Black Excellence, so much of the critique mm-hmm. would just go away. Mm-hmm. 
because that is what the show is. 100%. It's it is truly an exercise in black wealth, greed, selfishness, pettiness, all of yeah. it. But the the excelling in every single one of these things, but also in you know family care and love for one another and all that stuff. But also, it's like a you could, I, which I always took the title Black AF to be the antithesis of what blackish was mm-hmm. that was always my idea of it was just like oh that was the network version here's the crazy version of what is actually happening yeah. right so when people saw that saw the title and saw the kids they were just like but they're lighter than the debarges oh, i was boy. just like oh god like <laughs> here we go here we go then to like attack rashida is yeah. so insane to me because like quincy jones's daughter literally but outside of quincy yeah, jones's daughter yeah. it's like dude read two things about this woman. Yeah. she has literally always been involved in black empowerment mm-hmm. and black female empowerment organizations since she was like 12 years old yeah so like to then hold her feet over the fire and be like now you wanna and it's just like i i don't she literally plays a mixed person on this. Yeah. She plays a mixed person on Blackish. Like in every other thing she's played, it's not like she's like yeah, yeah. I'm a white woman. Like it's just like it, it, it. We're sorry that it was never brought up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like it's never a secret. No, no. So yeah, that was my second thing. That was my second problem mm-hmm. with it. And then thirdly, because I heard like Charlemagne say things, and then like I was like again, it feels so odd to me that we are in a place now that like. It's, I'm not saying Kenya's a good, funny, or I'm not saying he's a good, like, figurehead mm-hmm. to his family, but, like, here's a different image of a black successful father that isn't, like, doing the dance with his Cosby kids and all that <laughs> stuff. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's a crazy version, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or maybe a truer version of what he is or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that and was the like, dopest aspect about it to so me. So did that I. And that's a, pa- a different type of patriarch, you know? Like, it's a different one that, type of patriarchy. one that didn't feel a need to be perfect. Yeah. exactly so it's a different type of patriarchy and here's and here's the problem with the critiques because the critiques if you were like it's not a good show mm-hmm. whatever like I, I, I that is completely subjective i will never tell someone that like their opinion sucks or saying something something is good or something bad you enjoy the things you like you don't enjoy the things you don't yeah. like that's fine mm-hmm. what became the issue is that like the critiques that from black people mm. we're like this isn't how black people act black people don't do this but and it's just like i'm i don't know any other black people with a hundred million dollars i know kenya <laughs> you know what i'm saying and that's how kenya acts yeah. with a hundred million dollars mm. if i meet jay-z and he's crazy or kanye <laughs> or someone and they're crazy i'll go like oh okay maybe all black people over a certain amount of money yeah. act like this well you know, what I'm you know that's a good or point if they're different or sorry just real quick or if they're different i'll go like oh it's just everyone is different with a lot of money yeah. but the but then to drape it in the black people don't act like this thing mm-hmm. is like I think that is the thing that it's like, that's what I don't want yeah. the out quote unquote outside to see yeah. is because they should be like, yup, this is, if I had a hundred million, I would do that or do this or do this. And it's like, I saw people being like, why is he screaming at his kids like that? It's just like, dads don't like their kids. <laughs> we, can, we can't prop up uh, married with children and some of these other depictions of just really like, like endearing, but also really shitty father. Right. And then right. be, be, be upset at Kenya calling his kid a dickhead or something. And like that. you know, I saw, I saw the word, I saw the word relatable 
thrown around so often. And it's just like, that's not a word that I really put that much stock in all the time. Like, I don't... Right. I watch... Most things, I think, ha- have to have a duality to it. You know, there has to be relatable aspects and there has to be some joy you get from watching a scenario that you wouldn't see play out unless right. on the show. And I think that's the, the dope thing about the show is that we get to see a black family that's in, you know, the, the nine figures mm-hmm. and what that life right. is like. And then they had stuff like the family cookout scene, which was immensely relatable. Like yeah. talking movies with my uncles and cousins. And, you know, I could have written that scene. Yeah. Right. But see, that's the point is that like, and people forget that so much. And like, I mean, y'all are in the business, so you get it. But like, it's, you need to relate to character behavior you don't have to relate to the lifestyle you know what i'm saying like no one had that problem when it was entourage you know what i'm saying (laughs) like no one has that problem when it's ballers or any of these other shows that glorify like no one is watching billions and being like i can't relate (laughs) it's like (laughs) what you know what i'm saying like it's like why why are we putting this on ourselves like if you don't relate to it it should be as foreign to you as lord of the rings in terms of an environment and enjoy it for that aspect but like you do not have to be like these are the exact decisions in the exact way i would live my life and if i don't see that on screen in the way that uh, it's being presented because these people are black because this family is black then i personally don't know what to do and again like the light skin thing like people argue about colorism all day and then like it's like i've met kenya's a few of kenya's kids i've met his wife i've met you know his his just his family it's like i've seen all of them and like it's even when you watch the show it's not like it, it would be so different if it was like some weird like imitation of life like children like if it was like four or five of like and this isn't shade but like if it was like four or five of like drake's kid i'd be like okay this is <laughs> this feels like a hard sell but okay all, you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. right exactly but it's like there's nothing there's not like if anything if you saw these kids out in the world you'd be like there's a little black kid or a little dominican kid or whatever yeah, and if they were just like oh i'm half you'd go oh okay yeah. or like my mom is mixed you go oh okay and then that would be the end of it yeah. so it's just like i you know like it's little things like that that make me want to start the revolution. <laughs> I think when I was watching it, the only thing I took away from it was that I wanted more of what we started um, this podcast talking about, which is that, you know, he is, he does have a, like a, a, a special, he's, a, he's in a special tax bracket, but he is in that within the context of the entertainment industry. And I feel like there's only that one episode that really, really attacked that, where I would like yeah. to see like, in, just in the season two, I would like to see it more spread out yeah. And something that informs more of the, uh, you know, whatever kind of loose plot there is. I will say this, though. This is the one thing that I've noticed amongst. I'm like, I haven't been around a ton. Let me start by saying that. I am I hang out with people in, like, my tax bracket and below. <laughs> yeah. Like, very rarely do I get, very rarely do I get to meet people <laughs> who are, like, who are just ultra wealthy. Yeah. But the few times that I've met someone where I'm like, oh, wow. I, I'll say this, like, because I'm I'm from Marietta, Georgia, um, and in Marietta, like, it's just race informs all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the black people are black, the white people are white, the three Mexican people that are somehow there are Mexican, and the four Korean people are Korean. You know, South Korean, clearly. 
Um, now, I've noticed amongst like the wealthy, like, and I know we all say this, but like, or it's all the thought we have. I'm like, yo, all they care about is money. Like they that race stuff, and I think that's one of the things because like he Kenya talks about it in terms of like. It's like the way he's treated at like restaurants and stuff. If people don't know who he is or whatever, you know what I'm saying. And it's like also like I mean you've seen him. It's like this this dude is a TV writer with for like I, I I'm wearing like and this is a, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. But like I ran into Kenya at a party once and I was wearing these chains and he was like, "Yo, man, you look good." And I was like, "Nigga, you are wearing a fifty thousand dollar chain." Like, I can just look at it, and I know exactly how much that costs. Like, don't do this to me. We're not going to have the, like, oh, yeah, same, same. It's like, we're not. Oh, we're not. Oh, yeah. yeah, when we talked to him, he splashed on us crazy. He was in person. He had, like, a, like a full, it was, a full that, neck. That chain was ridiculous. It was a couple, but I think that one chain was ridiculous. It's so crazy. Chunky. And so, like, so like when people see him, there's, like, a dude with, like, neck tattoos and hand tattoos yeah. and chains and, like, leather bombers. And it's just, like... Yeah, he also could, you know, he also looks like he could be a rapper slash like label owner or whatever. Yeah. And then like sadly, the you get better treatment of people are like, oh, you're a TV writer. You know what I'm saying? Like people just be nicer. But that's the way he's perceived to the public. But like in the inner rich people circles, I've just seen they all kind of speak to each other with like a level of like we're part of the society. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the Illuminati ain't real, but it's real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a lot of truth is said in jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, it's just be like someone will say something and you're like, wait, how'd you do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, remember how like no one could get a COVID test, but like all the rich people, Adam. you were just like, wait, all of you got one. <laughs> All of you, and they're like, "Yeah, that's why we're all in a plane to Barbados." Yeah, or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and and it's like it's just stuff like that. It's like, oh, like you know, I don't want to be like all Doctor Sabi. No, 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 like, no. oh, they they have the vaccine, like all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about so the go ahead. Well, no, I, go ahead. Sorry, no, no. I was going to say you you mentioned COVID, and uh, I know there's there's one thing that you know you did during the quarantine that really blew up. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I was wondering okay. like, you know, on a work side, you know, what's your, what's your situation been like? I know you, again, you, 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 you're doing voiceover work now for, for a regular series. You know, are you doing, are you working on stuff like that at home? Are you doing a lot of writing, getting scripts in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was, uh, yeah, I, I guess, God, what's today? Today's the 27th, yes. uh, up until, you know, a month ago or whatever. Uh, I was, Keenan Thompson's doing a new sitcom for NBC, That's so I was writing right. on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I've just been chilling, trying to get my own stuff like launched in the time being. And like, also like, I'll I'm one of the people that like I'm the opposite. I know a lot of people are like, I need to be out in the world, mm-hmm. and that, that'll spark inspiration and all that stuff. And it's like for me, that is also true to an extent, but mostly so much of like the things that I do that like that I feel good about or proud about or that I feel are the most like uh reflective of like the things I'm trying to make are like made while I'm like low key losing my mind and just like sitting in a room by myself with like no windows and just thinking and thinking and thinking, you know? And so like right now that's kind of been it. It's just trying to like, you know, like wrote a few things that I've been trying to forever, got those done and like a movie and, you know, a pilot and stuff like that. And it's like, look, either, 
something will come of it or nothing will come of it. Mm-hmm. But at least I did them. And it's like, you know, it's like a muscle, like everything else. And at least I've still created something that I know is true to my voice. And like, again, when people read it, we'll be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have him on this job because he seems like he wouldn't he wouldn't go for half the stuff we like. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like but again, like I like reinforcing my identity more than just like uh, than just like trying to get a job, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. you know, luckily I am blessed enough right now that like I don't have to worry about working for a few months. And I know so many people are not in that situation. Mm. So I really do hold it dear to my heart and like thankful to God and the universe and that, that, that my family's good and safe. You yeah. know? Well, I mean, I, and I think that's an, it's an interesting concept of the, I, I was uh, watching Hannibal Burris's uh, recent special. He talked a lot about, you know, it, it seems like he's yeah. trying to maintain like a certain level of fame where like, you don't really know who he is when he steps into a room. Um, yeah. So I wonder, like, I don't know if you're like that, but I wonder, you know, it's it, it sounds sort of similar. And so it makes me wonder when, you know, when situations like this, uh, this Jersey Mike's tweet <laughs> that blew up at yeah. the end. Of, like, where, where, I guess first, where, where does the concept of you writing a spoof black for people that didn't see it? There was there was a tweet that went out. It went, it actually, it, it blew up. It went viral uh, at the end of June, I guess, like early July, where. Uh, yeah. Yasser uh, dropped a tweet that essentially looked like a Black Lives Matter uh, apology from Jersey Mike subs. W- where does that come from? Where, 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 <laughs> Dog, I, 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 because, first of all, and I will say so much of this comes from anger because, mm-hmm. like, and I know it's a goofy thing, and but when when I really think about at the root of, like, why I do so many why I tell jokes or do comedy so much of it really does come up from a place of anger, (laughs) which I, that's something I need to figure out. But you know, here we are, we are sitting in a world in which George Floyd is pardon, pardon me. We are, we are sitting in a world where we've been locked up for months. You know, George Floyd's murder has been played on a loop we are reintroduced to the murder of Breonna Taylor. We are reintroduced to the murder of Elijah McClain. Tony McDade dies, uh, or is killed, I should say. Uh, Rayshard Brooks. We're reintroduced to uh, Tatiana Jefferson, like Sandra Bland, like uh, you know, like because and those are the big yes. ones. That's not the John Crawfords. That's not the Freddie Grays. That's not the Walt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, so there's, I mean, not even the Tamir Rice, yeah. which is so crazy to mm. me. So I just couldn't believe that a, and I mean this sincerely, like that America as a whole decided like black people exist. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like I was, because like even before the Trayvon Martin, like I, I, I truly have always been someone who like, and I didn't go to college, but I've tried to educate myself as much as possible since I've been like 19 years old to be like, where do we come from? What is our history? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like even going as far as to like being one of those dudes for a little bit who's just like, oh, you know, like, you, you know, whatever you think that is, that actually started in Egypt. You know what I'm saying? Just like anytime yeah. someone had anything to yeah. say, I'm just like, that was, that's Egyptian. Uh, so, so like, then when like Trayvon Martin gets killed and then like people are seemingly about it and then that goes away and you're like devastated. And then like you see Tamir Rice 
getting killed very close to the time that that Cecil the Lion thing was happening mm. and people caring more about a, a like and yeah do I like I love lions but like I just to ask me to pretend to equate the two is disgusting and it, this the sadder part is that they weren't equated like the lion was held to a higher regard so then we just witness thing after thing after thing, murder after murder after murder. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even say like Ahmad Arbery or yeah, like, yeah. you know, Eric Garner or Alton Sterling, like all these people. Anyway, so this George Floyd thing happens and just, you know, now we're, you know, we're, this is where it comes from. Let me distill it. And this is one of the other reasons I was talking about the monolithic view of it all. America can't seem to grasp any sort of emotion from black people other than black tragedy. That's what all of it is. That's why we're allowed to make slave movies and like these weird heartbreak movies and like even ones with like dirty cops because it's like someone going to jail or coming out of jail. Like all of it is black tragedy 100% of the time. So and then every once in a while we get a romantic comedy, you know, Um, so all these corporations started doing like we're going to donate money. And half of them didn't even say they were donating money. They were just like, we're going to start recognizing our own flaws. And it's just like, really, Clorox? You're going to start recognizing your flaws? That you have no black people on a board of executives? I wonder how many black shareholders you have, how many black people in middle management. Besides people who just work at a factory, how many black people work? So I kept seeing thing after thing after thing. And they just started getting more and more ridiculous. Like it started with like Nike being like, we're going to give a hundred million dollars. And I was like, oh, that's dope. And then like, we're going to do it over 10 years. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of yeah. nothing. And you've also, you've also said, no, we, you've told us not where the money is going in any way, shape or form. And they just became corporation after corporation doing that. And they just started getting more and more ridiculous as they got, went down. Like there was one that literally was like a statement from Gushers slash Fruit by the Foot. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like they just didn't no. need to say anything. Like I, I, I'm i not in my kitchen like opening the cabinet. And be like did Gushers say anything? <laughs> Let me check their Instagram. Oh man, if I, if I, if I found that Jif didn't say something, then I'm going to start eating Skippy. You know, like. So like, I really just like I was like, oh, I'm losing yeah. it. So I was like, what's just a funny, what's just a funny thing? It's like sandwiches are funny, yeah. and I was like, what's the funniest sandwich? And I was like, sadly, it's not Subway because of the Jared Fogle yeah. stuff. Like that's yeah. just not gonna be funny anymore. <laughs> and I was like, Jersey Mike's is just such a funny name because it actually doesn't have any flow to it. Like there's not, it's not like, you know, like. uh there's no pizzazz. Even like Blimpy is like so goofy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that? there's there's right, but it's just like Jersey Mike's just yeah. sounds like truly someone selling sandwiches out there. <laughs> so it's just like all right. So the joke was is that I said I, I made a fake black square because they all use the black mm-hmm. square. I put the Jersey Mike's logo on it and like thank God America has satire laws because otherwise I probably would have gotten in major yeah. trouble. <laughs> And it's just like we here at Jersey Mike's are like so proud of the work that's happening to implement societal change. And to join that movement, we decided to change the name of our BLT sandwich, the bacon, lettuce, tomato, to the BLM, bacon, lettuce, and tomato, Black Lives Matter. Sweet. So here's my issue with it. Uh-huh. At any other point in history, you would know that's yeah. a joke. You would just bacon, know. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. We, re- we had reached such a fever pitch of just like, you know, we here at, you know, SC Johnson Wax. <laughs> <laughs> 
want Glade to to be more a part of our urban communities. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. So like so any other point in history you'd be like this is insane, but because it had reached such a point, people were like, "Oh, this is real." And so I, I, at first I was going to be like, "Let me take this down." And I was like, "You know what? No." Yeah. I, I because also it's a true test I think to see like who can look at nuance for just okay, that's the other thing it's like also experiment for like the internet it's like oh we we're done the the age of nuance is gone like it just doesn't exist anymore everything is black and white like you know and i'm not going to sit here and argue for you know the canceling of some people and not and blah 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 because i do think most people it's just like oh you just said something's terrible and people are mad at you like that's what yeah, happens yeah. but like but i will say that like we can't even there's like this weird thing where we're not willing to talk about it either a little bit mm-hmm. which is crazy to me and so that jersey mike's thing is like kind of the the i don't know it's the zenith it's the intersectionality of all these weird points mm-hmm. of like you know paranoia corporate performative allyship uh not knowing what is real or fake online how angry do we get how quickly you know like it got, they started doing local news stories about it. Like, I mean, like I was like, that's the crazier thing to me. And that this is why it plays into everything. So I was like, wait a second. Like this, this isn't news. No, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, even like, even pre COVID it's yeah. not news. So like, I was like, I truly was just, and so that's why I left it up for such a long time. I still haven't taken it down. And even like, just, you know, God bless this beautiful young sister tweeted yesterday was just like, all right, Jersey Mike's, that's what's up. And like had retweeted it. And I was just like, I didn't have the target. I was just like, literally, that's the the other problem is that if you literally look right below the tweet, it's me being like, this is fake. I yeah. made it up. But it's like, she didn't even Jesus. look below. Like, she's going to be, she's going to go to Jersey Mike's and be so pissed off. Like, wait a second. She I can't order a BLM. Uh, <laughs> I just saw it the other day. <laughs> I truly, and that's the thing that I don't have footage of. That is the only thing I want. Is I want to know how many people walked in and was just like, "My man, I will take a giant BLM." Jesus. Well, yeah, so it, it's sad because I it, like we we can only have so much time with you, and I feel like there, yeah, there's a, no. It is. I think the the conversation we uh, the conversation I saw in my head is not what we had, but I think the conversation we had was for the better of it. So I appreciate this was you. Um. I, I guess like free plug. What I season two of Black Monday's done. Um, I I don't know if I saw word on a season three yet. Um, it might hasn't it happened. Might be yet. too early. Here, so yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's also just where you know. I know people keep saying we live in unprecedented times, but I'm like, it's been going on so long. It's precedented. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, you know, it's, like it's, it's normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost you, um, you guys. So, are, I'm sorry, you guys are lucky that you just, no, no, you just had to cut the season into two parts as opposed to you know, buddy. Yeah. And even that was just like a nightmare, yeah. you know. And even like so, like right now, you watch seasons one and two of Black Monday streaming on Showtime.com. You can get 30 free days. Just sign up with your email, and I mean it truly. Sign up with your email. Watch the first, binge the seasons, and then get rid of the subscription if you don't want it like just watch the show for free why not uh you can get a free trial for hulu which is where duncanville is playing there's 13 episodes of that uh again get it then get rid of the subscription netflix they don't be doing i think they do like a seven day free trial do it watch black af 
Um, and then, you know, uh, I have my own podcast with my brother. I call it my brother sneaker. You can find it wherever podcasts are. You get them. And then, uh, you know, Instagram, Yasser Lester, Twitter, Yasser Lester. One, one, one final thing. I, I saw a couple yeah. of things that you were doing online uh, in regards to comic books. And I think behind you, I saw a shelf earlier. You had some. Are you a big? Oh, are you a Oh my God! Yeah. Oh wait. I, I saw some X Men. I think I, I saw. Yeah, are, yeah. are you a big comic book guy? Buddy. Yeah. Buddy. It's. I mean it sincerely. Like I, I turned thirty six not too long mm, ago, congrats. and it like I. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad I don't have kids because I would hate to give this up. Because <laughs> like I, you know, there's just like certain things where it's just like I have kids. I can't do this no more. Like I truly like I I love them i'm a huge i'm a huge comic uh guy. marvel dc everything like so this this is a discussion i have a lot and so i'm gonna break it down for you the way that like i kind of broke it down with someone else over a long discussion okay. marvel has better characters but dc has better stories mm, so fair. i read both you know like Marvel's so character driven, except for recently, like the Jonathan Hickman mm, run yeah. of almost anything. Hickman's really good. Grant Morrison, um, Teeny Howard stuff, the new Excalibur yeah, is like yeah. off the hook. Like yeah. I, I really, I really ride. So, yeah. What's your, uh, what's your take on the Snyder cut? Mm, good question. Yo, <laughs> I am so excited. I'm so excited for two reasons. A, the introduction of the black suit. That was a that was a dope clip over the weekend. Oh my god, it's inspired. But two, I read a clip from Zack Snyder yesterday from that same con where they asked him how much of the Whedon stuff he would do, yeah. the Joss Whedon stuff. He said, I would rather burn <laughs> yeah. the film than ever use a frame of what he shot. And I was like, yo, you like, want this that is smoke. Like a- yeah. Yeah, I was like a gangster version of like Justice League is so exciting to me because I and I weirdly was on a group chat yesterday with my brother. Like I, uh, I visually I love Zack Snyder. Like I love him in a way that like I just think I think he is the closest to a comic book illustrator that we have as a visual mm, filmmaker. That's fair. Like he really. He really captures moments, mm-hmm. so I'm excited, man. I got to be honest with yeah. you. I'm, I'm excited. Maybe when uh, when that Snyder cut hits, we'll, we'll have to get you back. Oh, buddy. maybe we'll do it. Just or just y'all can just call. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we we'll, we'll start the group <laughs> chat now, and and we'll 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 be leading up to then. Yasser, thank you very much for coming through. Greatly appreciate. Thank it. y'all so much. Uh, and, and, very and, dope. And, and again, I'm not bullshitting. Future Snyder cut. Let's make it happen. Yeah, um, we got a part two this. Yeah, for real. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that we overhyped it at all in the beginning. I think that that conversation with the one and only Yasser Lester was was downright. It was a lot deeper and a lot more interesting than I thought we were. It was it was ever going to be. And again, that's not disrespect at all. I just was not ready for the uh, the level of knowledge that he was. He was just ready and waiting to you know just impart on us at the beginning of that interview. Definitely, really mm-hmm. dope conversation, and um, like a, he's high on the list of repeat guests. You know, I think it's someone we could just rap with about like no pegs, just what's going yeah. on. You know, yeah, yeah, got got to got to stay uh, stay sharp because Yasser's out here and he's watching. During the interview, we spoke about how it seems like all the black shows from the '90s suddenly got mysteriously wiped off the programming slate for a number of major networks. We wanted to explain it a bit more. And give you some business jewels in the process. So 
Without further ado, we're going to let entrepreneur and media expert Uzo Ometu explain it succinctly instead of whatever gibberish would fall out of our mouth. In the late 80s and early 90s, Rupert Murdoch was trying to grow his recently bought Fox Broadcasting channel. And the way he decided to do this was by leveraging the influence of Black people in America. Why? Specifically, he did this because he saw the success of it with The Cosby Show, where The Cosby Show had become the number one show in America, mainly because of the influence of Black people. So what did he do? He went all in on the strategy and all in on Black content. And that's why some of your favorite Black shows from the 90s came from Fox. So when you're talking about Martin and Living Single, these were all produced by Fox and Rupert Murdoch, and, he, he, and it ultimately worked. The influence that he got from Black people watching this show ultimately catapulted Fox into becoming one of the top networks in all of TV. So he was ranked right up there with ABC, NBC, CBS. And that influence that he got also helped him get the rights to the NFL, which ultimately catapulted Fox into mainstream media. But he wasn't the only one that used this strategy to his success because getting cultural influence from Black people allowed the WB and the UPN all to grow their channels and reach mainstream media. But the problem with all of this is that all these channels, especially Fox, decided to pivot away from black content once they reached mainstream media success. So ultimately, that's why you see Fox go from producing Martin to producing that 70s show. And that's why we see the WB go from producing the Waynes Brothers to producing Dawson's Creek. They all had built up the, their channels on the backs of cultural influence from black people. And once they did that, they went to more mainstream content, which led to more mainstream ratings, which meant more mainstream dollars. And that was the strategy. And ultimately, that's why in the 90s, we see black sitcoms go from six entering the decade to 15 by 1997 to just five by the end of the decade. Thank you, Uzo. You, you bring a lot of credibility to this sometimes stitched together. I'm sorry, I'm playing. We're, 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 not, we're not, you know, busting at the seams. We're just uh, not as verbose as some of our homies out in the world. But again, thank you for dropping science. Once again, thank you, Yasser, for stopping by. The door is always open. Uh, Fraser, any final thoughts? Anything you want to get into before we get out of here? Succession high, baby. <laughs> if 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 you're not, especially you know, birthday week, you can't be summer high Listen. and not cl- and not claim succession either. You know, actually, speaking of birthday, real quick, I got to shout out my guy who I share a birthday with. He's having a hard week. Mr. Christopher mm. Nolan. <laughs> Labor Day weekend? Off that off that Leo love, he should just send me a tenant link so I don't at least get spoiled. Or wait, invite wait, me invite wait. me to the home theater or something. Okay. You know? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so last week last week for for those that didn't listen, you played yourself because we went the the this is a very interesting development. Last week you said you you ain't doing shit if you're not going to the theater to see this film. Yes. But now now now, it, now it, got, it could leak. Now now it got but it because it, it, it got pushed. It's going to drop in the U.S. Labor Day weekend. It's going to drop about a week early. I'm facing in like leaks seventy countries and spoilers. If it's if it's again if it's see the movie pure. Yeah. Versus wait till God knows when. And uh, niggas in London are tweeting. Niggas with retransfer <laughs> links are tweeting. I, I got. I got to see the movie. I don't want to know it's Inception two from some motherfucker who got around a, a keyword that I tried to mute. <laughs> put, I can't take this. Instead of easy shit. 
Signing off. I feel you. I, I feel you. I feel you. So, so Christopher Nolan, please, 1080p. It could be like an indestructible or one of those destructible links, two days, whatever, for his birthday. Well, uh, that's all I ask. Up. All right, Hobie. Again, happy birthday to you. Hope you enjoy yourself. Um, hope you listening enjoyed this week's episode. There was a lot going on. Um, let us know what you thought at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Watch less drops every Wednesday, 6 a.m. If you're up that early listening to the pod, if you're that dedicated, you're going to Apple Podcasts, you're going to Spotify, Google, wherever wherever podcasts are, if you're going there at 6 in the morning when we drop, because Super Producer Jasmine, she's good. That pod is ready. It, I want to know, at, at Cal on Twitter, let me know if you're a 6 a.m. Uh, watch less junkie. Um, Again, Instagram, Twitter, at Complex Pop, getting the conversation. I think that's it for this week. Next week, it'll be some more hijinks. Until then, for the summer, man, I'm Cal advising you as always to tune in. Make sure you got your hand sanitizer on you. Six feet from whoever else is around. And hopefully, all y'all got some masks on. This ain't a damn chain smokers concert. <laughs> We see y'all, simpleton, and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our Director of Talent Relations is Kristen Price Harrell, and our Senior Director of Operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less is a part of the Complex Podcast Network.